greatly, and that is Bishop Leon Frost. Recently, we're sitting around a table talking about what is a bishop, and to me, there's different definitions maybe that you could come up with, but to me, a bishop is an overseer. It's somebody that's looking at the bigger picture. Sometimes pastoring is more micromanaging, although you do have to have a vision to see beyond just the things that are in front of you, but a bishop looks out beyond just the local area and it connects to other areas. And he has done that all over the United States and even all over the world. And so when you don't see him here, it's not because he's just laying out a church, it's because he's somewhere else doing the work of a bishop. And I'm, I'm thankful that he's doing that in other churches because that's an influence from this church. And this, uh, this couple that is with us here today is one of those areas that he's connected with among many, many others. And we're so very, very thankful. It gives us strength beyond this place, but it also gives us strength in this place. And so I honor him. I'm very grateful for him and very thankful that tonight he is going to be the speaker of this ordination service. Clap your hands and welcome him as he comes to this pulpit, Bishop Frost. And somebody said, praise the Lord. <clears throat> you can be seated for just a moment, and we will read a text in just a moment. But uh, I wanted to say a couple of things. Brother Bradford did leave out the fact that he defrosted my daughter. And uh, we've had fun with that little phrase through the years, but... Uh, there's still a warm spot in our heart for my daughter, and I love her very much. I'm glad that my first daughter and her husband are here tonight, all the way from Pennsylvania. And uh, this couple means a lot to me, and through the years I've watched them grow and develop. And uh, at the passing of my good friend, David Webb, we recognized something at that service in Jeff Mercer, and I turned to Brother Bradford and I said, the young man has some preach in him. And afterwards, we talked to him and he said, well, I've kind of felt it, but uh, was kind of waiting on some confirmations. So Brother Jerry Webb had said, you know, the young man's got some preaching in as a confirmation. I think Sister Webb said, the young man's got a little preaching in that confirmation. Mother-in-laws are not always complimentary, <laughs> but in this case, she's very complimentary. And uh, my wife said, you know, he really has got some preaching in him. And so I finally said to him after hearing that even Brother Webb had said something about Something happened to me, just carry on. So I said, how many confirmations do you need? And he's answered that call. And during that course of that time, Brother Lawrence and Brother Mariflor and I were in discussions on who should follow. And there were some names presented, and we talked about them. But uh, we all agreed that in talking with Brother Jeff Mercer that you need to just give it some time and see what God will do. And uh, if God's in it, you'll feel it, you'll recognize it. And that's, that's the ministry. 
we, are, we are called of God first. The men don't call us. We're called of God. And uh, so we was kind of waiting on him to confirm that God really had said to him and talked to him. And a few times in talking to him on the phone, he said, well, I'm feeling it. And we're working through it. And to feel the steps of his and the shoes of his father-in-law was not an easy task because Brother Webb was a great mixer of people and he loved people. And so to feel those shoes was a little difficult to follow and to acknowledge, which he did finally. And so today it brings us to this occasion that every man needs to be ordained that's in the ministry. And once you have a full-time ministry and you feel the call of God on your life and you start fulfilling that full-time ministry, you need the ordination of the men in your life, the presbytery, the laying on of hands, and all that goes with that in the plan of God. And so it's an honor of mine to be a part of this service tonight and to see this young man in his development become what God has called him to be. We, of course, acknowledge the fact that Brother Webb is not here, but uh, it shows that there was something in this young man that God's seen and was able to bring into fruition a ministry. His family is behind him. All of his family, all the representation from his family is behind him. And we're behind him, Brother Bradford's behind him, and we love him very, very much. So I count it a high honor to be able to be at this position for you as a couple and pastor and his wife of Santa Maria. For years, nobody was able to go to Santa Maria because of organizational restraints and so it happened to fall your lot, and you're there. And tonight, though you already have been there and you've been involved heavily, we want to help launch you into that realm of, of completeness in the ministry, the work of God that he has planned for that city that has not had a real truth representative except once in a while during the summer for camp meeting, there's a town close by that's had a church. We understand that. But the city itself is being represented tonight by a faithful couple that through the years, um, goodness, talking about Daryl and Susie, we go back we go back to 78, 79. What year were you born, Jeff? 76. So it was right about that time. We arrived there in 1978. And... Uh, so I've been around you a big part of your life. And I've never seen you falter. I've never seen you crumble. I've seen you stand strong. I've seen you stand for the word of God, stand behind the man of God in your life. And you've been faithful. And we honor that tonight. That's why you're here. And we thank God for that. I would like to preach to you, and I plan on letting you out before midnight. And uh, somebody asked me, can you keep it short tonight? And I said, there's nothing short about me. <laughs> In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, and verse 15, 
It said, I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. It said, I will give you. It is God's gift to the church. Pastors are a gift from God to the church. Reading from the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. But unto every one of you is... <coughs> But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? And he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens, that you might feel all things. Verse 11. And he gave, he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And here's the reason he gave this gift to us. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long... How long is a pastor to be in our lives? And how long is a pastor for the perfecting of the saints? Verse 13 clarifies it. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and unto a perfect man and unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. He gave according to his heart a gift to the church. Would you ask the Lord to help us? Savior, we thank you today for the word of God. We thank you for this moment and this couple's life. We pray that you will anoint them mightily tonight through this service and the laying on of hands and the completion of this night. Do a work for the glory of God that brings about your perfect will in the city of Santa Maria and all the connections that they have in the will of God in pastoring the church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We do vote for legal purposes, generally, but it must be the will of God. A pastor in corporate world, there is corporate laws and what have you that govern churches somewhat, but there's no greater law than the law of God that governs a man. And those of you that are desiring the work of the ministry, it's very important that you listen to every speaker tonight. And understand the future depends on your faithfulness as a young person or as an aspiring young man to the work of God and faithful to the kingdom of God. So I have seen the will of God work beautifully and I've seen some misuse the will of God and not make it. Our preaching, our remarks, and our, our comments tonight is to help this couple along with the church as you put sanction in their lives 
by being here tonight, by addressing the fact that they are called of God. You're playing a role in witnessing that call of God on their lives. The book of Acts chapter 20, verse 28 said, Take heed, therefore, unto yourself, first of all, to yourself, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The real purpose of a pastor is to feed the saints of God. Our founding pastor used a phrase which is on the wall in the gym, in the kitchen, eat it, saints. He would begin to preach, and, and uh, when people seemed to go to sleep a little bit, then he would get the mic and say, eat it, saints. He wasn't talking about going to eat. He was talking about eating the word of God that would make you strong on the inside of you to withstand all the influxes of the world that come against us. We are living in a chaotic world today that is so confused. They don't know what bathrooms to use. They don't know what gender they are. They don't know which direction they need to go. They don't even know about America, how great America is. They're trying to destroy all the history. And I'm only saying that to tell you that today the church has to be the greatest institution of all things. There's nothing better than the church of Jesus Christ. There will be nothing that will ever take the place of the church of Jesus Christ. It is a foundation of our life. It's the foundation of our future. It's the foundation of our hope. I'm glad I'm in the church today. And I'm glad there's young men coming up that want to preach this gospel. And they don't want to look at false things in our world. But he, the Bible talks about feeding you with knowledge. I will give you a gift. I will give you a gift. And in giving you that gift, it, it will be a way to be fed of truth. So, Brother Jeff Mercer, every message you preach is going to feed somebody spiritual things on the inside of them that make them strong and effective in the work of God. We need to be fed. And ministry spends the time during the week preparing and looking and studying feeling, trying to find an answer for the saints of the Most High God. And we are ordaining this young man tonight because he has a heart for people. He has a love for the Word of God. He has a love for his family. He has a love for all that are involved in that family. And I'm telling him and we're saying to him as a board, as a church, as a pastor, that if you'll feed the flock of God, if you'll feed the church of God, they will respond to you. How many of you are responding to preaching? How many of you love preaching? How many of you want preaching? How many of you want the powerful, anointed word of God to affect your life? That's what church is all about. It's not about us getting up here and making a speech. It's about an anointed man up here trying to find the will of God to feed you with knowledge our world needs a church. Our world needs a church that has knowledge of things going on and what's, what's right and what's wrong. Thank God for apostolic churches all over, represented here tonight by some that preach this great truth. I'm so glad to tell you there's nothing better than the church. Amen. 
Then he said, this gift to the church is going to feed you with understanding. The book of Chronicles tells about the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Well, today's world, pastoring is more difficult than it was 50 years ago. In fact, our elder brother Terry told me several times, he said, I don't think I could pastor in this generation because the changes that are rapidly coming to our world, technologies making its inroads in the minds of people, destroying, distorting humanity. We need church like we've never needed church before. And we need a powerful church. We don't need just church attendance. We need devoted, committed, anointed people as well as preachers. We need preachers that understand the times that we live in, the difficult times we live in, the pressure times we live in. Church is not a game. Church is not a social place. I hope I don't get too wrapped up preaching today, but let me just tell you, I repeated it yesterday in the men's meeting, but our, the church world out there, they're not going back to church because all they had was social things and wouldn't listen to a speech. We're going to church because there's anointed pulpits and anointed preachers and anointed word of God that sustains us in the time of trouble. We need young men that understand the times that we live in and will deliver to us a deliverance message that will save our souls. This is not a game. This is not a popularity contest. We need preachers that will help us grow in God. We need preachers that will help us become disciples of Christianity and Christ-like lives. We need preachers that will become workers and helpers and teach others to become helpers and workers. A pastor is one that's there at the birth of your children, the sickness of your family, the baptisms in your families, weddings and deaths. And then finally at the judgment, if we understand scripture right, it was already read to you about the watchman on the wall. The watchman sees the dust stirring up in the distance and he begins to scan the horizon. He doesn't know whether that dust boiling out there is the enemy coming or somebody coming with good news. So the watchman gets on the wall and says, all you that are in the field and the laborers that are in the field, get back inside the city. We don't know what's coming out there. Somebody warns before they even know exactly all the results. I would rather change something later than to lose a soul because I did not warn and did not preach truth. We can always change some things later, but we need to stand for truth. Here comes a world. The dust bowls of our world are boiling out there. We don't know what the next phase of internet or anything else is going to be. We don't know what the next politician is going to do, and I really don't care in some parts of my mind. I'm just here to tell you we need preachers, and I believe we have one tonight, that will, uh, will hold in his spirit the things that needs to be preached in this day. Men of understanding the times. I don't know what's coming I'm not prophetic. I don't know what's happening next in our world. They're changing things so rapidly. I'm here to tell you there's nothing stable like the church. There's nothing better than the church. Get involved in a church. Help a church stand. Make a church stand. 
Be the best you can be as a church. Here's a man that's willing to risk his life, his career, his future in the world to pastor a church. I think they deserve honor tonight. Paul wrote these words in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He said, these things command and teach. Sometimes you just have to command some things. All the time you must teach. In fact, there's more phrases in teaching than preaching in the Bible. And our religious world has gone into so many areas of oratory and what have you. We don't need just oratory. We don't need fancy speeches. We need anointed preaching, Brother Jeff. And we're, Jeff Mercer, Brother Pastor Mercer, my, I'm sorry, but I've known this boy since a baby. He's more than Jeff to me. He's Pastor Mercer. Why don't you say that with me? Pastor Mercer. Doesn't that sound good? Sounds great to me. Because we, we three, I start to say we three wise men. But we saw something in this young man and his wife and family. Sister Webb saw something in him. We love you, Sister Webb. In fact, I've known her since she was born, too. Let's see. Wait a minute. Am I that old? This family is a great family. Such an honor to be a part of this today because this is a, this is a result of years and family growth and generational changes that's still preaching the gospel and still preaching the truth. So he said, these things command and teach. A pastor is the watchman of the flock. And the Lord said, the sheep of my pasture are people. He said men, but really what he's talking about is people. It's not about popularity. It's not about money. It's not about the applause of men. It's not about lights, action, and camera, and Hollywood, and all that goes with that. It has everything to do with anointed life and preaching. And that's what we're ordaining you to be, an anointed man of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel so good in the spirit today. I have not been, and Brother Bradford, Brother Lawrence, and Brother Mariflor would concur with me. We have not always seen good young men that have been stable. But this couple have been faithful to the man of God in their life and the kingdom of God. And God's going to use you. And that's why we're ordaining you in this gospel tonight. Somebody said, praise the Lord. It's not about who's the best orator. It's not about, it's not about all the glamour that you might think a preacher has in life. In fact, if a preacher is worth his salt, he doesn't act like or think he is anything at all. Because Paul said, if a man thinks he's anything at all, he's really nothing. It's, it, it, it's not us. It's the anointing. It's the call of God on our life that you're here. I, I was raised in this church. I came in 1949. I am a product of preaching. And so it is in the future when this generation is gone and Brother Mercer is pastoring a thriving and growing church of young people and full of the Holy Ghost and anointed that the church moves on and continues going because it's all about the perfecting of the saints. It's all about loving people because the Bible said love covers the multitude of sin. And let me tell you, you're going to have to cover a lot of sin. 
I know Jesus died for us and his blood covers us, but people's going to come to you with their loaded down life of sin and confusion and you won't even be able to tell your wife everything you know. Always. A lot of times, yes, but there's just some things the preacher has to put away and go to his grave with because love covers a multitude of sin. Is anybody forgiven in this house? It's not our job to run people off. It's not our job to condemn people. It's our job to preach the word of God. And that is something you put on and be a part of. And here is a young couple that's going to preach the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. I, I really feel honored to be here. The Bible said in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock, understanding the needs of the flock, understanding the times that we live in. For when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Bring me the shepherd's crook. As a shepherd. A shepherd's crook is used many times to help a straying animal. Sometimes it helps the shepherd walk up a hill. Sometimes it helps them stable their own life in rough, rugged, rough territory. The shepherd's crook is something that is an honorable thing. I looked it up and it said a shepherd's crook is a long and sturdy stick with a hook at one end, often the point flared outwards, used by shepherds to manage and sometimes catch sheep in addition. The crook may aid in defending against attack by predators when traversing rough, rough terrain. A crook is an aid to balance. Shepherds may also use the long implement to part thick undergrowth so the sheep can get through. Here we are today presenting you. I put 2021 because that's actually when you started pastoring. But tonight we're going to add some to that. And you'll need stability many times. People can hurt you. People are disappointing at times. People are failures at times. And your purpose is not to run them off, but to pull them back into the fold if they'll come. If they won't come, that's a total different picture, but somewhere you've got to reach for them. Pull for them. Pull with everything you can. The Bible said, remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul, as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for it's unprofitable to you. Let church be profitable to you. For there will be an accounting. There will be. And accounting. Revelation chapter 20. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it. From whose face the earth. And the heaven fled away. And there's found no place for them. I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things. Which were written. According to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in the dead, 
Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they would, were judged, every man, according to their works. Death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Why do we judge somebody? When we judge them wrong, we make big mistakes. We all are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the Bible said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Sister Webb brought this to me tonight. This was one of my Bibles. This is given to Dave Webb, January 29th, 2005. The dedication of the newly remodeled, remodeled building. You, said, you served in Bakersfield faithfully. Now may God bless you with many successful years and many faithful people. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified in all. And he came to Nazareth, where he was brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. It wasn't this Bible that he read, but it was out of this Bible that he read. The book of Isaiah. And he began to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What a great admonition. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. It would, not, it would be nice if preaching was just all the glamour that goes with it, but our world is broken, people are broken. Saints of God have brokenness in their lives. After coming to God, serving God, there's time that brokenhearted have to be healed. Your obligation is to take this book and heal people. Heal people. To preach the deliverance of the captives. Oh, we have some people in this church that were captives. 
You have some people you're working with that were captives. You're helping set them free. And the recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Our world is full of those kind of people. We're not just a denominal church, saints. We're an apostolic church. We believe salvation comes from preaching and preaching the word of God. And so he said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What a year this is. And what a year this is going to be. And you're going to preach the word in this year. And he closed the book and gave it to the minister and sat down. I'm going to lift up our voice together and pray together. All over the sanctuary, why don't you lift up your voice together? I thank you for your word. The same message that you stood up in the synagogue is the same message that we should preach to a generation and to a world. Praise God. So we lift up our voice and magnify you and thank you that there is someone that reaches out and responds to a call of God for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And today we're not turning back from, we're not repenting from, but we're opening up our heart and our life to say, God, use me. I know this is an ordination service, but each and every one of us in this building should be saying the same prayer, God, use me. Whatever capacity, doesn't matter how great it is, how small it is, I want to be used of God. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's pray that prayer together. I want to be used in the kingdom of God. Praise God. I want to be able to say the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to testify of his goodness and his greatness. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, just a few moments here. Why don't you lift up your hands? Lord, I thank you and praise you. This is the altar call tonight. And you can do it right where you're standing. Lord, I thank you and praise you. Let me take inventory of my life, what I'm doing with my life. I want your anointing to affect every decision I make, every choice I make. Praise God. Come on, church. There's a deep move of the Holy Ghost in this place. Let's not just blow by this. Hallelujah. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want my heart to be open and sensitive to you. That's it. Come on, that's it. That's what I'm looking for right there, all over the sanctuary. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, that's it. Let that out. Release that. Release that in the Holy Ghost. God, use me. Use me.
yeah, come on, that's all right. We're going to pray for them in a moment, but this is for us. Praise God. Come on, every hand lifted, every voice lifted. Lord, I love you and praise you. I thank you for your presence that we feel in the house of God. I thank you for your anointing that propels us. I thank you for power that you promised to us. Let the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God propel us forward into the work of God, no matter where it may be. Hallelujah, whether it's on the job or at school, friendships, relationships, marriage, family. Hallelujah, let me testify of your greatness and your goodness and let the Spirit of the Lord be upon my life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Jeff, Pastor Jeff and Sister Mandy Mercer and Rylan and Dylan and Madeline and Logan and Winston, we want you to come right here. You can step down the stairway and then come right here in the front if you would. We are going to pray for you at the conclusion of this service. Praise God. The rest of the family joined them. Amen. Step back enough to where the ministry can get in front of you. Yeah, right there. Very good. Praise. That's perfect. Perfect. Amen. Ryland, Dylan, Madeline, Logan, and Winston. I know this is about mom and dad but it's not just mom and dad it's about the Mercer family there's a lot of situations and difficulties that arise because of the position that mom and dad have taken and I want you to know tonight that this service is as much about you as it is your father and your mother praise God the ministry is going to come and stand before them and we are going to collectively pray for them this is a a, on a church level this is a big big deal an organization some organizations ordain but it's more meaningful when a church body every single one of us is invested into this and so it's a celebration and an investment in a family that is doing the work of God. Praise God. Let's lift up our voice together and ministry. Let's pray for them that God will continue to use them greatly. 